0: Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG1 Season 2, Episode 8, Family. This is a really good Christopher Judge episode, I gotta say.
1: It is. But there. I think this show could also be called or this episode could also be called Worst Guards Ever. <laughs>
0: uh, fewest Guards Ever.
1: And worst. And worst.
0: Yes. The Jafar is like stormtroopers, really. They're just useless. <laughs> the armor doesn't do anything. Terrible.
1: They really are.
0: Oh, but you know, eh, mm-hmm. we can't put up too much of a fight for our heroes, otherwise that wouldn't be very much fun. <laughs>
1: They're, I mean, they're the kind of guards in this episode where you could literally go up to him and be like, tap him on the other side of the shoulder and be like, look over there. And they'd be like, <laughs> what? And then you'd run away. <laughs> I, it I mean, really yeah, is that level yeah. of mentality. Aside yeah. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> from that it is an amazing Chris Judge episode.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh. So, this episode originally aired on August 14th, 1998. It was written by Katherine Powers and directed by William Garrity. And in this episode, the SG1 team attempt to rescue Tilk's son, who has been kidnapped and brainwashed by Apophis. And Tilk learns disturbing news about his wife.
1: <gasps> Number one, Apophis? What? I know. What? Spoilers. What? Come on. Oh, man.
0: So this episode starts with an incoming unscheduled traveler who is using SG-1's iris code that the SGC, again, somehow receives before the wormhole is actually connected as SG-1 all walk into the control room. Um, so was that – well, apparently the only other person who has SG-1's code is Braytak, who is only supposed to use it in an emergency, which I was like, so – why do they immediately just question why use is using it instead of being like, I guess there's an emergency of some kind? Instead of like, being
1: like, oh, my God, let him through. Obviously, there's something going on.
0: Yeah. Um, Tilk suggests perhaps he's under attack when Sam reminds everyone that Apophis and Chlorel are dead. So they just, you know, wait. They let Braytac in. Uh, and he greets everybody before making his way over to Tilk because apparently the reason that he is here has to do with Tilk's family. His wife is fine, but his son has been taken. By Apophis.
1: <gasps>
0: Opening credits.
1: You know what I always wonder about those scenes, too, when they have the incoming travelers and they have the iris closed and stuff? I always wonder, like, how do they know how long to keep that closed? Because otherwise, like, they're going to have no visitors. Because, <laughs> like, if I... Braytack was in an emergency situation, he would be, like, running through the gate, right? Yeah. I
0: do, I think there's been some speculation that when the SG, that the SGC actually confirms back, but no, things can't travel backwards through a Stargate, so that doesn't work. Yeah, I don't know, because there are times where it's like, dial it and go, but then on the Earth side, it's like, dial it, who is it? Oh, it's them. We should open the Iris. Right?
1: Because so many SG teams would get killed too unless they know wait a minute we have to dial we have to send our code and then count to 20 and then we can go (laughs)
0: yeah that is true yeah there does need to be some discrepancy between the sending of the code the receiving of the code and when the teams go through and how long it takes the teams to get through you know from point a to point b hmm interesting
1: interesting indeed this is just what goes through my little brain hmm
0: well, I'm, I'm. Thank you for sharing. It's very interesting.
1: <laughs> so proceed to the shock of Apophis. <laughs> yes. What Apophis? What? So, in
0: in the briefing Are room. Are there two all, of them? Because the one we knew of was dead. That's exactly what's happened there. Like he he blew up on the ship, and Paytex like. Well, apparently he Braytex was told that they used the onboard Stargate to escape, which apparently must have happened after after. Daniel used it, even though Daniel jumped through the stargate as the ship was exploding. So, you know, the timing of all that stuff is still a little wibbly-wobbly inconsistent, but we'll just, we'll let it go. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what does Apophis want with Ryak? Well, he doesn't want Ryak, he wants Tilk. Most of Apophis's loyal guards and servants were killed on the ships when they blew up, and so he returned to Chulak basically like, in shame and with like nobody to support him. So if he can get Tilk, he can sort of prove he's still a mighty powerful God and, you know, rebuild his army. Uh, well, obviously this is a trap. Yeah. I mean, yes, obviously. Go yeah. ahead.
1: Way to super downplay Ryak's worth. and be like, whatever. He doesn't want him. <laughs> he wants me.
0: I know it is a little like, well, eh, uh, Yeah. <laughs> And so Jack's like, of course this is a trap, but since we know it's a trap, we can avoid falling into the trap, which I I I guess, I guess kind of did makes you, sense.
1: Did that remind you of the Firefly episode of like the Serenity movie? <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, did you guys watch the conversation? Did you see us fight? Trap. Yes. Surprise. <laughs> um <laughs> so
0: I do like in the scene though, Hammond does kind of take a moment to sort of like scold Tilk about the whole withholding information about his family thing that happened like earlier in season one. And he's like, this is the last time this will happen. Like we're like your family, we're go get them. They'll be safe. And then we're like done having the secrets with your family. The other fun thing in the scene is when Jack is talking about how, yes, it's a trap but we can go and rescue rack and finally nail this mother gould because it's, it's <laughs> like they had to have written that with the like syndication in mind because they were on Showtime. So they could have said motherfucker, mm-hmm. but it's also a family show and it can be in syndication. So I kind of just like that. Even though he's a military guy who most likely would have just said motherfucker, they kind of flip it a bit to make it, mm-hmm. you know, safe for work if you will (laughs) i like it (laughs) yeah Yeah. so okay so they get the so they get the go the main objective is to rescue tilk's family and bring them back to earth but if they can get apophis to cool but apophis is not the main objective in this mission at all so we then uh, cut to chulak where the gate engages and a container sort of with like three canisters on it gets tossed through and the three Jaffa that are guarding the gate come over to investigate and it pops open leaking like letting out gas
1: of some kind. <laughs> this is what starts the worst guards ever because some foreign object comes through the gate with no people it's just thrown through first and the guards just sit there and like look at each other like hmm
0: and then they I bet go- this
1: is fine but let's just watch it and see what it does. Let's go stand right
0: over it and stare at you know,
1: it. Yeah, let's not get out of its way at all. Let's you just know. let's just look at it for a while, you know. Yeah.
0: Not like I'm sure another gould has never thrown a bomb through a Stargate preceding their, you know, entrance or whatever. I think the
1: only thing would the only better thing would have been like if one of them had gone and like picked it up and like looked at it. <laughs> and like... and it just like went <laughs> in his face. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What could this be?
0: Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> so, obviously, the Jaffa all fall to the ground unconscious, and then SG-1 plus Braytak come through wearing gas masks and some kind of vaguely Chulakian robes. Like, they're not the priest robes they wore in disguise in, like, an earlier episode, but basically just something so they they're not obviously from Earth kind of disguise. Braytak then leads them through the city to Drayok's home, which she agreed to be used as the sort of base for this mission. And as we get there, apparently, according to Tilk, this is a very nice house and much nicer than she should be able to afford, given their predicament when we last saw them on Shulok. And Braytak's like, yeah, I guess. Eh." He doesn't really seem to know what's going on. But when they enter the house, Tilk and Drayok greet each other very warmly, like they miss each other, and we do have a new actress for Dreyok in this episode, which it just appears to be an issue of, like, availability from the original actress. Like, I went to look at her IMDb, and she, so much stuff. She was probably, she was, like, filming another series at the time that this episode probably would have been filming, Mm. so probably just unfortunately just not available but i like this new one just fine too she she works for me
1: yeah but whenever they do that and they like switch an actress and don't mention it 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 makes you it really does make you feel like it's a different person
0: yeah there there so. was a little there was a little something more in that other actress she was a little like feistier I, she I was think. but yeah. also they're sort of in different situations like the, the first time you saw her, she was, like, in a camp, basically, like, an outcast. And here she's actually, like, in the city, in a nice house. So maybe the toning down of the attitude
1: kind of makes sense.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, ish. I love the other actress because I loved her on Eureka. Yeah. But I I don't love her enough to remember what her name is, which, is, which I apologize to her. <laughs> but I, I love her work. Okay. Um, but, yeah.
0: Yeah um so they're all there and then in comes frotak of the high cliffs who is apparently an old friend of tilk and he has also heard much about the warriors from the tauri and then jack takes a summer opportunity to introduce himself as jack from the windy city like frotak of the high cliffs jack of the windy city Mm. and so tilk then thanks frotak for coming to his wife's home to help but no this, this isn't Dreyak's home this um this, this is Frotak's home, because um, when Tilk left the last time, it looked like he was really never going to come back. Dreyok basically got jafar divorced and is now married to Frotak.
1: Surprise! Surprise!
0: So Tilk then just, like, lunges for, like, he goes for the jugular on this guy. He is super mad, super pissed, not happy at all. Jack manages to sort of break it up between them and Frotak takes Dreyak outside so everybody else can kind of deal with this new information in the situation that they're now in. And Jack tells Sam to, like, go with them to try and start getting some information about what happened with Dreyak when he was taken and all of that. And Side
1: question. Are we yes. also supposed to know why his forehead symbol is silver?
0: Uh, It is never mentioned in canon,
1: no. Hmm. That was interesting, right?
0: Yeah, it seems to be there. there's sort of uh, like a hierarchy and possibly, I mean, he does mention later he has like a job in the archives. So possibly if he's like in a sort of non-combative role as a sort of first job, they may have different symbols, colorings Mm -hmm. of the symbol to sort of differentiate their status, if you will. Interesting. So first of all, Jack wants to know if they can trust Frotak in the situation. Basically, Bratak be- believes yes, because he trained both Frotak and Tilt together. And he's like, but we should still keep a close eye on him. And Tilt's like, we should just kill him. <laughs> he's like, okay, All right. Uh, calm down, Tilt. Slow it down. That, yeah, just dial, dial it back down a little bit. Timber. Timber and, like <laughs> Jack, Daniel, and Bratak all try to basically just get Tilt to try and see reason. In the situation, like, they do the whole, if you were dead, would you want Drayak to remain alone? No, but I'm not dead. And it's like, well, in this situation, you might as well be, because you basically can never come back to Julak. And given, you know, the situation Draek and Ryak were in the last time they we were here, is this not better that they're being, like, taken care of and not living in a camp out in the woods somewhere? Like, I'm
1: kind of surprised, like, why didn't they, once once Earth found out that Teal'c, in fact, had a family, why didn't they just go get his family before? I'm very surprised that up until this point, like, there has been no go-rescue-your-family mission.
0: Well, you know, there was when they went back when um, Rack was getting the, you know, the symbiote implanted.
1: Yeah, but that's, that's. You know, there's even a long time between then and this time.
0: I guess they've had bigger fish to fry. Really? I don't know. You're gonna play
1: Teal like that? At no point in time was he like, "Hey, we have, you know, an off day today. Let's just go rescue my entire family, including my wife and child. I mean, maybe in danger at any moment.
0: Yeah, especially like immediately after killing Apophis. Yeah, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes. the next day, Teal'c was like, hey, so my family, can we, can, can we, can can we, we go get with, them now? Can we can we get them? Because this is, this is not a good situation for them. Yeah. That is, hmm. I never thought about that until just now.
1: I, I don't, I never understood uh. really the logic how Teal'c was just like, bye, I'm going to go on my crusade, have fun living with that. Instead of being like, I will find a way to come get you so that we can be together and we will all be on my crusade together. You yeah, from the safety of the Earth bunker. <laughs> yeah,
0: it is interesting for sure. Yeah. So anyway, basically, Tilk does finally kind of begrudgingly admit that, OK, yeah. All right. This is this is better. This is fine. He can deal with it. And Braytag basically just wants Tilk's word that he will not commit Kelmar Tokim, which Tilk does give and then we get Jack asking Daniel what that means and Daniel gives the little translation as revenge by the wearer of horns aka a cuckold. Nah. Yeah. Uh would you like some fun facts about cuckold and like where that <gasps> comes from and what all that is to do with the horns and why horns are part of cuckolding and all that stuff?
1: <laughs> Only if you say cuckold like 3 more times.
0: Cuckold, cuckold, cuckold. Do
1: it. Yes. <laughs> okay. <good>. So <laughs> First of all, the word cuckold itself probably
0: stems from the cuckoo bird who lay their eggs in other birds' nests, but only like in Europe and stuff. It's for some reason they don't do that in North America. Don't know why. Um, But so like they lay their eggs in another bird's nest and then the other bird will like basic, you know, sit on it to keep it to hatch. And that sort of extends into people in that men who are cuckolded often end up raising a child that is not theirs and is like the result of the affair that the wife had. So the whole raising another person's child thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so but why why horns? Why are men who've been cuckolded wearing horns? Because birds don't have horns. That's a weird
1: thing. Right. It definitely is. Yes. Yes, Yes, it is.
0: So weird. Please continue. So weird. So as far as I can tell, nobody can agree on where this whole horn thing came from or like when it started, why it is a thing. But there are some there. There's a lot of theories. Uh, I will now present to you a few of the more interesting ones.
1: Do any of them have to do with like a dunce cap? That's
0: kind of a
1: horn. No. 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 All right. Um,
0: there's one theory that it has to do with deer and that female deer, like, will mate with multiple males over the course of their life. And the males have horns. So, like, the male she mated with, like, during last mating season will fight a new male. And if the last male loses, you know, he, he's been cuckolded, you know, because another guy's going to go sleep with his wife, quote unquote.
1: Mm-hmm. And, you know,
0: deers have horns there's the possibility that it has to do with the fact that horned animals can't see their own horns. Like they know they're there, but they can't see them, but like everybody else and all the other animals can see them. So usually, you know, oftentimes in the case of adultery, like everybody else knows before the husband knows kind of a thing. That's so
1: true. Mm -hmm.
0: It might also stem from the legend of the Minotaur. Because the Minotaur was born due to infidelity by Queen Pasiphae with a bull, thus cursing her offspring to all have horns possibly. Mm, Maybe. And then there was then, most recently, there was actually an academic article from 1987 which referred... Referred to a, a strange custom, I was not able to see if this was a thing that happened in a particular place or in many places, but apparently there's a custom in some places whereby castrated roosters had their spurs cut off, which is like that little talent sort of on like the back of their leg, that sort of rear toe like thing is called a spur. Yeah. Um, so after roosters were castrated, uh, they would cut that off and then glue it onto the top of their head. What? Like a horn. I don't know why. I couldn't really f- find anything about why I the, the the full thing was unfortunately behind like a paywall I couldn't get into. But so the, the quote unquote castrated man it's now so has horns. weird. <laughs> so, this is
1: so weird. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. It doesn't and, even make any sense whatsoever. So, uh, yeah, I don't
0: know. But that's just that's just some of the stuff. I was able to find about why cuckolds wear horns or are or, or referred to as having horns.
1: I think the deer ones make the most sense. Those, those two that related to deer. Yeah. I like that. I vote for those as facts okay. and that will be okay. living my truth.
0: Okay. You do you, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. The others all come back inside and Tilk vows that they will find Dreyak, and after that he will never set eyes on Dreyak again and then storms out.
1: This whole episode is just like sour face Tilk in prime form. Yes. He is he is Teal'c prime sour face.
0: Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah.
1: First prime of sour face.
0: <laughs> sour face count one. Yes. Gotcha. Uh,
1: <laughs> like, it's even, it's like, it's so sour, it's like scrunchy.
0: Like, he just, like, bit right into a lemon.
1: Like, the entire time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, Dreak then, like, follows Tilk outside and, like, goes to sort of confront him about this whole situation, and Tilk just goes, woman, be silent! And I'm like, oh uh, okay. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, Tilk, let's see,
1: I, hmm. And he does that multiple times, too. <laughs> woman. 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 Oh oh. and see, you know what, the first like the way they characterized the first actress, you know, like how they wrote her character in the first episode, that character would have been like, Oh hell no, you did not just say that to me. She would have slapped him right across the face. Yeah, but this one was just like, How dare you judge me? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And she, she basically tells Tilk, like, the same stuff that Jack Daniel and Braytac were telling him, that this is just a choice she had to make for the betterment of her son and their lives on Chulak. She doesn't love Frotak, but he's the only one who asked. So, mm-hmm.
1: here they are. Women can't have careers on Chulak? Of course not.
0: No. I do kind of wonder why Rayak doesn't have a little brother or sister, though, given how old he is when Tilk apparently left. I do find that interesting. That there's Ooh. only one.
1: Mm. Know. Maybe they really wanted to do empty nesting early.
0: <laughs> Possibly.
1: We're just like, we have, we have a son, we have an heir. We're done. Yes. Our uh, legacy will live on in this fine yeah. specimen. <laughs> After he goes to Chulak College. <laughs> <laughs> the College of Chulak. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> He what will take think, care of us well. What do you think the
0: different majors are at the College of Chulak?
1: <laughs> Deaf Weapons 101. Uh, How to see Through the Helmet. <laughs>
0: that is a very important lesson, yes. <laughs>
1: oh. Um history and religion it's very schm- it's a very small book it just has a picture of apophis in it <laughs> <laughs> this is your one true god the end <laughs> that's a pass fail course <laughs> is
0: apophis your one true god yes or no uh, oh god i don't <laughs> <sighs> okay anyway um so back inside the house, Frotak uh, tells the team where Ryak is being held. And so, oh, so luckily it's just ooh, in the ooh. part of the palace that's really not used. And it's right near where he works in like the archives. And also there's a door from the outside, like right there. So they could just get in and out before anybody knows they're there. And it'll be a great, all right, fine. Wait for nightfall and then off they go. Nope. problem. <laughs> it's easy peasy. Like what's the problem?
1: I thought of another class for the College of Chulag. Okay. (laughs) Give it to me. How to find the bathroom. (laughs) How to find the bathroom on the pyramid ship. (laughs) And how to get out the door. Which symbol is the door?
0: How to pee in your Jafahi
1: floor. (laughs) (laughs) That's an extra credit course after how to see out of the helmet. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> That's like the honors course. Oh, oh, okay. So if you go on for your master's, you get to learn. Yeah. How- <gasps> yeah. Okay. I'm done now. Actually, I'm not, I'm probably going to think of random things throughout the episode and giggle to myself.
0: Okay. Please continue to interject as they come to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Okay. So in they go, they've made it into the palace and Braytac lures a couple of the guards away from the door who are zatted. One, two, three. Out they go. Boom, done. First guards ever. First guards ever. Uh, Tilt comes out from like another hallway and kills the one guard that was left behind. Sam opens the door with, like I don't if I don't, it must be like thermite or something. Cause it doesn't go like boom, like C4 just kind of like sparks and like melts the door handle or something. So they must have thermite or something with them. So the door opens and Rayak runs out. But instead of being happy to see his father, he is very much not. And he starts calling for more guards for help and calling Tilka Shulva. And more guards come running and shoot at the group, which allows Rayak to slip out of Tilk's grasp. Tilk shoots back and Jack yells for everyone to just fall back and get out of there. As like looks on helplessly as Braytak physically drags him away from his son. So uh, mission failed, unfortunately, sadly.
1: How they, long were? He, how long was he supposed to have been kidnapped for?
0: They don't really say. Like it must. It can only have been a few days, though, maybe a week.
1: Cause that's some hardcore brainwashing.
0: Well, you know they have all kinds of technology that probably you know
1: mm. do
0: stuff. So you know.
1: That's another extra credit course.
0: Ah, uh, brainwashing. 301 then yeah okay yeah gotcha
1: also how to work the ball messenger ah yes <laughs> notably yes. where you need to stand for the ball messenger
0: <laughs> yes where is the lens in that thing
1: <laughs> where is the transmitter the entire course is just where's the transmitter <laughs> which side is it on <laughs> 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 Which side is it
0: on? I don't know. <laughs> I
1: don't know.
0: Oh. <laughs> so anyway, so our team returns to the house, and Drac is rightly very upset that they don't have Ryak with them. And Tilk and Braytak seem to be taking Ryak's actions like very, very seriously. Like Tilk is like his heart and mind have been destroyed, and they're like he is lost to us. And Jack's just like he's just he's been brainwashed. Big deal. It's fine. Like, there's, there's a very wide disconnect between, like, how, like, Tilk and Braytek are treating the situation and how, like, Jack and everybody else are treating the situation, which... Which
1: is funny, because it's the exact opposite of, like, the end of the episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. How things slip. Mm-hmm. Um, So, when suddenly, the gold long-range communication device in their home activates. And again, Apophis is, like... Looking up, like he's not looking. Like it, like where, like where is it? Because none of, like, <laughs> the gold, like, is recording this thing that will be inserted later, you know, in post. Should be like looking direct to camera, but they, they never are. They're like looking slightly off, or like up, or like, it, yeah. How I don't understand. <laughs> it's very confusing. But apparently these know. things are like TVs on chulak So. Know, everybody has one, but uh, here comes Apophis. We get to see him, so he is actually really alive, and this hasn't been all, you know, some kind of fake thing. Um, so he basically tells his people that, like, the reports of his demise have been greatly exaggerated, and he now has his most loyal servant here, who just so happens to be Ryak. He what? was only
1: mostly
0: dead. Yeah. So I yeah, I couldn't just des- I couldn't decide which pop culture quote to put in there the yeah, he was only mostly dead or the reports of his demise have been greatly exaggerated so <laughs> <laughs> it
1: seemed appropriate but
0: I went for the reports of his demise. Um Both
1: work quite ex- ex- excellently.
0: So Ryak then tells everybody that his father is like a traitor and he's evil and like horrible and all that bad stuff and Apophis offers a bounty for Tilk and SG1. And then Ryak goes on to say that those the, who are with Tilk have kidnapped his mother, Dreak of the morning Chomka Groves. And Tilk immediately looks to the like the TV like, wait, what? What he, he said, what did he just say? They then like hang up. And Tilk seems to take what Ryak said as some kind of a sign because Dreak is not from the Chomka Groves. She's from the Kordai Plains, a fact that Ryak knows very well. And so Tilk thinks this is the sign and Daniel's like, so Ryak wants us to go to the Chomka groves in the morning and we can rescue him there. Maybe that's what he's getting at. And Tilk is like, yes, that is what my son is saying. And Braytak and Jack are both like, I, mm, I don't, I don't know about that. That's a little, mm, I don't know. Here's the mm-hmm. thing
1: too, is that like, if that was, Ryak's plan of like I'm going to tell him where I am by telling the world oh my mother's from here but she's really from there like and Apophis is sitting right there and Apophis is like hey he just said his mother was from the place that we're taking him from tomorrow like (laughs) you would think that Apophis would kind of catch on to the fact that that might be a hint if it was actually part of his rescue plan yes
0: yeah, it's very. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised that like Teal'c never or like nobody even caught that caught that detail of like <laughs> do you think that Apophis would have let that one go?
0: Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Yes, I do have to say as a sidebar, while I was watching this, like the lighting in Frotax house, it's very nice, and everybody looks very very pretty in the scene.
1: <laughs> oh, yes, la- it was like... Very, like low light candlelighty room. Yeah. Running yes so like there lighting. like there was
0: a there was like one close-up of Jacko i was like you're pretty <laughs> <laughs> uh everyone's so pretty in this house so well, that's why it's a favorite house yes uh and just then somebody knocks on the door guess who it is it's a bunch of Jaffa. come to search for tilk and the rest of sg1 and yeah. frotak is like these traitors have taken my wife. Why would they then be also in my house? It doesn't make any sense. And he's just sort of trying to keep them at bay while Dryak, uh herds everybody behind this like fake wall that they have in their house. Which luckily, yay.
1: I mean, uh, if I was wealthy enough to have a house like that, of course I would put a fake wall in it. I
0: mean, yeah. I mean, would right? it just be? Would it be just like a little hiding cubby, or would you do the whole like secret passage thing to get from like room to room?
1: Oh, I would do the whole like fake painting or the pull down the sconce on the wall and like something flips around, like the bookshelf flips around. Oh yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. I like it. Yeah. I would too. Yeah. Hashtag goals. Yes. Very much. Yeah.
0: So luckily the whole fake wall thing works. Luckily like nobody sneezes while they're hiding in that little cubby hole while the Jafas stands two feet away right on the other side of the wall, and so they Three don't get found. Ever. Words cards ever. And so the Jaffa leave, head on to the next house, and they come out. And basically, Tilk now trusts Frotak because apparently Tilk was sure that like Frotak would just like give them up. Y- yay, I guess.
1: Throughout this whole episode, Tilk is just like 189% sure of everything he's feeling, yeah. even when it's like the exact opposite of five minutes ago.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh. So, sometime later that night, Tilk is outside, just sort of pacing around, waiting for morning to come, and Dryak sees him and goes to him, and she also vows that she will not sleep until Ryak is safe, and then they kiss. Yay. But, uh uh-oh, Frotec sees it, and he is not happy, Bob. Not. But
1: really, should he be surprised? I mean, he really shouldn't be, honestly. He shouldn't. If Tilk had absolutely no idea...
0: Yeah, no, he should not be surprised at this. But uh, apparently this pisses him off enough that he slips out of the house, which Jack sees him do that. And so Jack follows him and Protak makes his way back to the palace and tells one of the other guards there that he knows where everyone is. And he'll like take them to him. And Jack comes up and just zats the guard twice. And then Frotak pulls a knife and yells for more guards and tries to attack Jack. But Jack zats him once. He falls to the ground yelling for like more Jaffa. So Jack has to zap him again. And then a third time as he hears like the Jaffa come running. And so Jack ducks for cover as the other Jaffa come and like see the dead Jaffa from earlier. And they ordered the palace then to be sealed off. So, no, not good. But back at the house, everybody is back in their BDUs as they wait for, I guess, the appropriate morning time to come to go to the Chomka Grows when suddenly there's a knock on the door and it's another serpent guard. And Braytak is like, you've already searched this house. Why are you here? But wait, it's not a serpent guard. It's just Jack in
1: disguise so he could get out of the palace. Yeah, he figured uh, out how to put the whole get up on.
0: I, I know that looks complicated. So uh, Daniel comes over to help Jack, like get out of it. And does the whole Jack, where the hell have you been? Like some kind
1: of like <laughs> housewife or something. <laughs> oh, Daniel, I love you. I'm so worried about you. So, where were you? Where have you been?
0: Worrying sick all night. So Jack then has to tell everybody what Frotak did and what Jack then had to do in in return. So uh, Frotak's dead and like disintegrated. He he's gone. He is not coming back.
1: He gone.
0: And nobody seems to really care. <laughs> nobody did seem to care. Yeah, was, like no reaction from anybody. Just kind of like okay. And then we like cut to just we just cut to the next scene.
1: Yeah. And the wife was like, "Oops." Sorry okay. guys, I think that was my fault. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, there's no
0: reaction at all to the news of Rotex demise at all. <laughs> it was a little like, uh, I mean, maybe there was something they had to like cut it for time. I don't know, but it was like, yeah, yeah, both, yeah well,
1: just like their reactions. It's like, and you guys are all surprised that he betrayed you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great. Uh, fun. Great.
0: Fun. Yeah. yeah, super great. So uh, apparently the time has come in the morning and we're in the Chomkin Groves and we see Ryak with several Jafar as everybody else is sort of hiding in the trees along the path that they're walking down. And Jack gets over the radio and tells everyone, we go CTT, one shot, one kill, my command. Basically, like, you, they need to take these Jafar out with, like, one shot. This can't be a huge firefight or battle that might get other people's attention. One shot, done, gone. What do you think CTT stands for?
1: Counterterrorism target.
0: Um. So I found online a whole website of like military acronyms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what they mean. There were there were a few under CTT, but the one I found that I think fits with this situation is close target tracking. Oh, okay. Sort of like pick your target, stick close. Track it, shoot it, I think. Okay. So, yes. I do wonder, though, with how many military websites I end up on while researching the show. Like, am I on a list now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's weird.
1: <laughs> well, I think if you're only looking up, like, references to military terms and what, oh, what other episode were you looking up military stuff?
0: It was, like, the one with, like, the DOJ and the Joint Chiefs and stuff, where it's, like, looking up, like, the chain of command and everybody for that uh,
1: politics. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. As long as you stay away from looking up any sort of military weapons (laughs) in combination with military terms, I think you're okay. If you just stick to the terms and the military ranks.
0: Okay. So you're saying when you get... like,
1: I was looking up my Halloween costumes. Okay.
0: So when we get to the episode where SG-1 introduces the P-90 machine gun, I shouldn't Google Air Force P-90 machine gun is what you're saying.
1: Not on your computer, no.
0: Okay. Do not need to get like a VPN and go into like incognito mode? Yes. Okay. I will do my best.
1: Yes. So
0: apparently the Jaffa are now close enough and Jack tells them all to fire and all of the Jaffa are just taken out like right away. Like boom, boom, done. Gone. Again. Worst Again. Worst guards ever. Worst guards ever so Ryak kind of looks scared about you know what the hell is happening until everybody comes out of hiding and he runs over to Tilk now actually very happy to see him and Tilk is convinced that all is well and Ryak is returned everybody else not not so much they're like
1: <laughs> 189% sure that yeah. Ryak is just absolutely fine. And I love how Ryak's just like the attitude of like, Hello Father. It's so good to see you again. I missed you so. Let's go yeah. play in the Daffodils.
0: <laughs> he he, sound, he sounds like he belongs in a Disney movie. He
1: does. Sometimes. Hello, Father.
0: Hello, Father. He's um been
1: many, many days.
0: Yes. Um so Sam goes to check him for booby traps, I guess of some kind.
1: Uh, Oh, like, like Cassandra. Yeah.
0: Cause yeah. Jack mentions Jack is like, remember Cassandra? We thought that was fine. It wasn't fine. We're just, you know, making, trying to check all the boxes that we can, that everything is fine. And well, even if he is maybe slightly booby trapped, they kind of don't have much of a choice to do anything other than what their plan was. So Braytag tells them all to head to the gate, and he'll go get Draack. So they head to the gate, and there's now only two guards there. And Jack and Sam are like, "This is this is weird. This is not right. This is way too easy. There's only well, like Apophis knows we're here. Why are there only two guards at the gate? And uh, we're
1: strategically looking left.
0: Yeah, yeah. and. <laughs> By that time, like, Braytek has come back with Drak and Br- Braytech is kind of like, well, you know, we killed a lot of his guards on the ships, and we just killed a lot more here on this planet and maybe he just doesn't have anymore? And there, he can only spare two people to guard the gates? Apophis probably trusts his guard more than we do at this point. So, again... Even if this is too easy and even if this is still a trap that they're playing into, they can't just like leave Ryak here again. They kind of have to follow through with the plan to take Ryak back to Earth. Okay, so SG will go to clear out the Jaffa while Braytek waits with Ryak and Jack. And once again, all the Jaffa are like taken out super easy. easily. And this was
1: my absolute favorite example of worst guard ever because they're running through like. An open field. No! You like the four, the convenient four boulders positioned in front of the gate for them to hide behind, but they're just like running through this open field. And I the guard's just like, what's over there? The other <laughs> direction. Yeah. I'm just gonna stare off into the sunset over this way. Yes. And completely ignore the people that are coming from like half a mile away.
0: And they're, like, running over, like, rocks and gravel. And, like, they're they're not quiet. This is not a quiet thing that's happening either. So, (laughs) uh, I do also make, what the other thing I wonder about in this little scene is, like, we see Sam fire her Zat gun from, like, right next to the boulder. But the Jafashi hits is, like, standing in front of the gate, which is actually really far away. So, like, how far can a Zat blast travel can it go on, like, forever until it hits something? Will it eventually, like, dissipate? Like, because that Jaffa seemed really far away from where the blast originated from.
1: Good question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And also, with it being so far away, like, he could see it coming. Why did he not move out of the way? Because, <laughs> like, it took a good while to get there. He could have moved, but he didn't. Because, anyway uh so anyway
1: the guards all are good yes
0: so the guards are down they get the gate dialed they send the signal they head back to earth but Braytac is going to stay behind again to sort of keep an eye on things here we get to earth and Ryok is all like oh look at this marvelous like he's totally mesmerized by the the gray concrete building <laughs> that our stargate is in <laughs> So then in the infirmary, Dr. Fazer is looking at, I'm guessing, a sample of Ryak's blood and is like, well, you know, everything looks normal, at least as far as she can tell, not being an expert on Java physiology. And Jack is kind of maybe starting to relax a little bit, but he still wants to keep a guard on Ryak for the time being, which Tilk surprisingly agrees to, mm-hmm. which is like, okay, so now you do want to keep a guard on your son? Okay. Yeah, he's um,
1: even like smiling about it, just kind of like I would have done the same thing. Yes. Like, great.
0: <laughs> okay. okay. Dreak though now is looking a little worried about something and kind of like pulls Tilk off to the side. Apparently, Ryak had recently lost two teeth while he was training with Master Braytek and uh, those two teeth are no longer missing, which is weird. And Ryak is acting all happy and like super curious and he can't wait to go outside. And he's like, you guys only have one son and that sounds really cool. And he's not even like hungry. He just wants to see the outside world. And Till calls over Dr. Frazier seemingly fills her in on what's going on. And she goes over to Ryak and says, she's just going to draw a little blood, which if she's just drawing blood now, what was she looking at before in the micro Microscope. So I was like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, he Ryak then throws a fit, calls her Hataka, which is like a slang, very bad term, something that he called Tilk earlier, and they manage to restrain him. And Doctor Fraser injects him with some kind of sedative. So. Yeah,
1: they didn't, in all of uh, Ryak's brainwashing, they did not teach him on how to be stealthy. He just goes from zero to 80 of, like, the hint of suspicion. <gasps> the jig is up, I hate you all! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how dare you defy me!
0: Yes. So we then cut to Dryak and Ryak in a holding cell, and Dryak finally wakes up and, like, shoves her away, and he runs to the door and, like, starts pounding on it to be let out and tries to, like, chomp his teeth together. But the fake teeth are gone, and he starts yelling for Apophis while Dreyak, like, tries to calm him down and get him back under control. In the briefing room with Hammond, we learn that the two fake teeth were each filled with something like a virus. Not exactly a virus, but something like a virus. On their own, apparently they're harmless enough, but if they were to be combined... Well, it would be the deadliest thing that we have ever seen. And Dr. Fraser says it makes anthrax look like the common cold. And then there's one of those, you know, danger, plague spreading maps. And basically the entire earth would be wiped out in like a week. So it's apparently really bad shit that Ryak had brought back with him. So uh, we dodged a bullet there. And luckily everyone is now certain that Ryak is no longer any kind of physical threat. So now they just have to deprogram him, which is apparently not something you want to do to a child. We cut to Tilk now in the holding cell with Ryak, who continues to yell about how much he hates everyone and how he just wants to go back to Chulak and how much he loves Apophis. And Tilk pleads that, you know, he loves him so much and Apophis is a fake god who lied to Ryak. Because he apparently had told Ryak that he would survive the attempted poisoning of the planet, and Tilk's like, no, you would not have. He lied to you about that, and Ryak is just like, you lied too. You said you would come back, and you never did. Which, oh, that hurt Tilk a lot. That was like, oh, he was he was not happy to hear that. Apparently, know, several hours later, sometime later, Tilk is still there trying to get through whatever Apophis did to him and talking about, like, all the lovely things they used to do as a family and how happy they were. And for a moment, Rat kind of seems to come to himself and walks towards Tilk smiling, only to spit in his face. <laughs> so that was gross. That was gross. I was like, oh, yeah, look.
1: Something like that always just reminds me of like how that must have been to film it. Like, what yeah, was it yeah. actually made out of? How many times did he have to spit at mean, him to get that right? And just blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. No. So Tilk then leaves the room like totally dejected, and everybody's just completely disheartened at what's happening. And it unfortunately it seems like the hatred that Ryak has for Tilk about never returning is like preventing Tilk from being able to get through any of the programming that Apophis put into RIAC. So does anybody have any other options? And Jack looks at Dr. Fraser and suggests ECT, electroconvulsive therapy. And Daniel's like, whoa, what? You want to do what? Because you know, electroshock therapy like what this is would is not historically has not been a good thing no,
1: like no, at no, all not a good idea
0: no um but apparently when it's used now it's you know much more controlled environments usually done under anesthesia it's not as barbaric and horrible as it once was but to use it on a child and not just a child but a child who's a jaffa uh, who knows what could happen. It could end up killing the symbiote, which would in turn kill Ryak. So that's mm, not maybe not such a good idea. And so Tilk asks if ECT is at all similar to a Zat discharge. Uh, uh, actually, actually kind of, yeah. So a single Zat discharge will not kill Ryak. So I guess they'll give it a go.
1: <laughs> so... <laughs> When I was watching this scene, I thought he was asking because the the conversation was going to lead to, okay, so if it's like a Zat gun and one shot from a ZAT gun doesn't kill a kid, then okay, he'll probably make it through the controlled procedure under anesthesia. I did not think that the (laughs) conclusion of that conversation is going to be, okay, let's shoot him with the ZAT gun and see how (laughs) that works. I thought it was going to go the other way. (laughs) Let's go and try the controlled medical procedure. I was uh, wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> but, but instead, they just decide to shoot him. Yes. <laughs> Which this
0: scene brings up a question I've always had about the zat blast and the like the cum- the cumulative effect of that blast. How it's like you know one unconscious, two dead, three disintegrate. Like how how close together do those blasts have to be? in order for it to be like a one, two, three, or like if I zat you once and then like zat you again an hour later, is that another first zat blast or is that now a second? Like, what's the sort of frequency that you have to zat somebody in order for it to be the, you know, unconscious, dead, disintegrated thing?
1: I would think that it has to be close enough together to be like, to, you know, whatever it's doing to your body puts it into such an overload that you die and then, and then such an overload that all of your cells just spontaneously disappear. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think, I would think it has to be close enough together to like keep, keep compounding the impact rather than just like, Oh no, no, no. In your span of fifty years of your lifetime, <laughs> you cannot be shot with this thing more than twice.
0: Which I guess given the frequency of how often we our RSG1 have been satted, I guess, yeah, that would think. Yeah. <laughs> um so anyway, so Itilk and Dreyak go back into the room with Ryak with a Zach gun. And Ryak again just starts yelling about how much he hates them. And Tilk asks for Reich's forgiveness before shooting him once with the zap gun. Which, did you notice the
1: goof in this scene? No, I never noticed them. You're so good at that. What is it?
0: The zap gun is still closed when Tilk fires it. Like it's oh, in the no. closed, like collapsed position. Like he doesn't like push the button to like open it. Open it? it. As oh. does. So, whoops.
1: Well, maybe <laughs> that's like a low setting then. <laughs>
0: I think there's only one
1: button on a Zat gun, though. It's the safety position. I don't know. It's a child setting. (laughs) The Zat gun has a
0: child setting. (laughs) I love
1: it. (laughs) I mean, it makes about as much sense as shoot three times and you're mysteriously (laughs) disintegrated. True. (laughs) Very true. Uh, That would be for children and tiny people. Okay. that setting, yes. Well I mean it does
0: kind of make sense because like you look at somebody like Ryak and somebody like Tilk who have very different physiological makeups. Like yeah. if a sat blast can knock out Tilk and make him unconscious, what's it gonna do to, to the little child like Ryak? Yeah. Like,
1: you need you need a tiny people setting. Okay. <laughs> you just do. Two.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh so Ryak starts like convulsing in pain before falling still. And Ryak goes to check on him and he's like, she's like, he, he's barely breathing. And Tilk then reminds her of a lullaby she used to sing to him. So she starts singing that, but then sort of like stops when she's like overcome with emotion because her son might be like dying in her arms. And Ryak then like picks up the song and completes the line and he opens his eyes and this sort of jokes. So it's like, oh, mother, did you forget? And it's like, oh, is he back? And then he's like, where are we? And he sees Tilk, and he asks if they're home. And Drake's like, no, we're not on Chulak. And then Rex's like, but we're with father. Then we are home. Again, to, Disney princess.
1: <laughs> I know, back to being like Little House in the Prairie. Hello, father. Hello, father. Or, yeah. you know, like a 50s Christmas movie. Yeah. Hi, father. Yes. Yeah. Welcome it's so to- glorious to see you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, but yay! Ryak is back. Apparently, the Zat blast worked somehow. Yeah, now they know Zat guns in the low setting yes. will will work against brainwashing. Good to know. Put put it on the list. Got yeah. it.
0: So sometime later, I'm guess like probably like the next day or something. They're in the gate room and the gate is being dialed. And apparently, Dreak and Ryak are going to live in the land of light with Tuplo and his people. And there are lots of wide open spaces for Rayak to run around in and like make trouble and stuff. And Jack gives him a baseball glove, which Rayak then puts on his head like a hat. Cause he obviously has no idea what it is, but it's like the cutest thing ever. So adorable. And Jack is like, well, I guess I'll have to just like go visit and explain a few things and then gives him the baseball to go with the glove before Tilka goes off with his family to see them to their new life.
1: He yeah, and he never he never tells him what the baseball and baseball glove are for.
0: Well, no, he's gonna go visit them later and then tell him what it is.
1: <laughs> he's just gonna
0: Yeah, I, I don't know.
1: <laughs> and I watched it and I was like what a jerk you didn't even tell him what it was for you could have just been like you catch the ball in it or like put it on his hand or something no he didn't even put it on his hand to show him what it was. no that's, that's my thing it bugged me it was an odd odd thing to do
0: okay I'm done even though he like took the glove and like put the ball in the glove like he did he did no. do that no, If he would have put enough. it on his
1: hand to show them like this is where this goes, I think it would have been a little better. Okay. But no, he just gave it to him and then he's just gonna like let him go and know what the baseball goes for. Okay. <laughs> Refill out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs>
1: um, any memos from this
0: week?
1: <laughs> Do not bring poisonous objects back to. So I'm thinking like what what procedure should they now make mandatory for detecting. Didn't they wouldn't they have noticed in an X-ray that he had two fake teeth? Well, I don't
0: think they took X-rays when they first got back. All they did was like a blood scan.
1: Right. They did later. Yeah,
0: they later did like an MR and a CAT scan while he was unconscious, but they did not do that before. So,
1: also, if they were worried about like bombs or foreign objects in his body, aka Cassandra style, perhaps they should have done that first. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: But instead, they were just like, that's cool.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, I think this is another good example of they need an intermediary planet before they go back to Earth after missions.
1: Yeah, the moon planet that they just went to.
0: So this episode title, Family, I I think that one explains itself. Um, There were a couple interesting foreign language ones that I found that were not just family in, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. language it is. In German, it is uh, a Bree's favorite German. uh, "der." Der Verlorenen Son, which is the prodigal son.
1: Der Verlorenen Son.
0: Verlorenen Son, yes. Ooh. And then in Italian, it's La Vendetta, which is the vengeance.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's all I got for this week.
1: Did you also notice at no point in time did Ryak actually ask where or how his stepdad was doing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, where's Frotak? <laughs> Not even once, not even a little bit Nope,
0: Frotak is dead And nobody cares <laughs> Nobody cares that this man is dead No No. But the actor will be back, back. Not as Frotak, as a completely different character In a few seasons, we'll see him again Are oh,
1: really Vancouver bingo style?
0: Uh, actually, yes uh, Oh, what's his name? I looked him up uh, Peter Bryant, yes, if you have Peter Bryant In Vancouver Actors Bingo Mark him off your squares Let us know how you're doing Does anybody have bingo yet? Let us know. We
1: uh, <laughs> probably should have played.
0: Yes. Anyway. Uh. So how would how would you rate this episode overall, Rachel? Eh,
1: you know, it is a good Christopher Judge episode, but it's just the fact that, like I was saying before, every single thing that Teal believes is like 189% true, even though he flip-flops on it so much. It's just kind of frustrating.
0: Yeah. A little bit. Yeah.
1: Then at first he's like, oh, my son is gone. He's lost. Never to be seen again. But we just saw him yesterday. Never to be seen again. (laughs) I shouted, And then (laughs) when they see him later, he's like, my son, you've returned. You're absolutely fine. You find the situation weird. He's absolutely fine. (laughs) And
0: (laughs) Uh, It's just, it
1: just, it seemed very forced. To create a little bit. conflict, and I did not like that, so I'm yeah. just gonna give the movie a or the you know give the give the episode just a eh.
0: okay. Christopher Judge gets a yay, but the episode gets an a. Eh. Correct. Okay, I will agree with your
1: assessment. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right. How would you guys rate this episode? Let us know and thank you for listening as we discussed family as always you can find us on twitter at sg underscore rewatch or send us an email at woo that's w-o-o-s-g rewatch at gmail.com don't forget to rate and review us please and we will see you next time for
1: secrets